fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to Wolfpack, what is going on? It's your boy, the Wolf, Wolf of Roto Street, Roto Street Wolf on Twitter uh, of the RotoStreetJournal.com, where we breed and feed fantasy wolves. Here with one of the last ever recaps of the 2019 season and it's going to be a doozy we got a lot to cover here uh heading into your fantasy playoffs got to get you the right players that are surging the ones that are falling and then of course who do you need to add who do you need to pick up heading into your fantasy football playoffs so settle on in i'm going to go through all that risers fallers waiver wire uh, and of course any injuries you need to know about heading into the big dance baby it is time so let's get you ready let's get you all caught up on what you needed to learn in the last week of the regular season so you are ready to crush it in your fantasy football playoffs uh so fucking can't wait so pumped uh we'll see who ends up making the big dance tonight i see some of the fez guys here dave and and uh tans hope uh let me know how let me know how you know it's going over there in thailand uh but big battles coming down to the wire here uh so let's start off with your risers though who showed up big in week 13 None other bigger than Devontae Parker, the number one scoring wide receiver this week. Uh, seven targets, uh, seven catches on 10 targets, 159 yards, and two scores. Unbelievable effort from this guy. And when you watched him play, the, the degree of difficulty from this guy, the catches he was making, just so acrobatic. Almost every single one was Ryan Fitzpatrick just lobbing it up and let's watch our guy go and make a play. It was insane. He was just big dicking any d- defender on him. And it was insane. Uh, the guy is a unquestioned low-end wide receiver one, maybe even high-end wide receiver one, at worst high-end wide receiver two. It has to be a lineup lock. We've said this for like three, four, five weeks now. But you look at his playoff schedule, the Jets, 10th most points to wide receivers. The Giants, third most points. And then Cincy, shockingly kind of low, 19th most points. But still, it's Cincy. Let's be real here. Cincinnati fucking blows. Uh, so I, I'm stoked on this guy. He's been dominating in tough matchups. He's dominating the easy matchups. He's locked in. He's matchup proof at this point. Devontae Parker has to be one of your top wide receivers moving into your playoffs. Do not remove him from your lineups. Another wide receiver that is Every single week starter status at this point is Cortland Sutton. He's caught four uh, four balls on only five targets, 74 yards, and two of them going for scores this week. And the Broncos' Week 13 win over the Chargers. And it's a tough matchup. The Chargers had a Casey Hayward. They were going the 29th uh, most points to wide receivers, locking them down. And now he also gets Cortland Sutton, his fourth quarterback of the year, Drew Locke. And he looked great. That's why this is such a big riser is despite playing with another new guy, Sutton continued to dominate. Uh, he's dominating just, just like Parker is. High degree difficulty, one-on-one jump ball style catches. Tons of them obviously coming in the red zone there with two touchdowns this week. And now he gets some of the easiest matchups he's going to see this entire year. Houston, 12th most points to receivers. Kansas City's shockingly tough, 29th, but you know you got to have a shootout style game most likely brewing there. And then Detroit, the second most points to wide receivers, just an abysmal defense there 
So Cortland Sutton, Devontae Parker, both of them locked into your lineups. Do not consider benching them uh, unless you got something just insane in your roster. Those guys are every week status moving forward. Now running back, I love. I see some comments like Sal coming in. So pumped you made the playoffs, my dude. Let's get you that championship now, though. Making the dance doesn't matter unless you get the whole thing. Uh, But another guy rising that could help lead you to titles at the running back position here. Darius Geis, a fantasy freight train bound for fantasy playoff glory, so it seems right now. Only 10 carries, so the volume not great, but what he did with it was exactly what you want to see. 129 yards and not one, but two scores, getting all the goal line work ahead of Adrian Peterson until late in the game, just rumbling down the sidelines for chunk gain after chunk gain, stiff-arming defenders to the floor. The guy is a monster, Uh, a mini Derrick Henry, who we're going to talk about in a second, but ultimately Derrick Darius Geis looks like that tackle shedding, looks like he's got that you know monstrous burst that we saw in college, no longer ill effects from the injuries, the surgeries. He is fully ready to go. Now, you got to, of course, be worried, will he last because he's been so injured and injury prone these last couple years, but man, if he, if he lasts, this guy could be a stretch run hero, and I get how disgusting that offense is, but the line finally seems to give a shit. Uh, Haskins finally getting this offense going just a little bit, Not, I mean, nothing crazy, but it's such a run-heavy scheme on interim coach Bill Callahan and you got a nice decent slate here Green Bay fourth most points Philly tough matchup 25th and then the Giants 18th but you can score some touchdowns on the Giants for sure so if he's going to continue to get 12 15 touches or so each week I expect Geist to remain a fixture in lineups a great touchdown bet as long as he's maintaining that role over Adrian Peterson at the goal line I absolutely love Darius Geis moving forward he rose 10 spots up to running back 24 and in case you want to know the season long big boy that will be out later tonight uh, but Parker was already 13 spots higher he's now my wide receiver 15 for the rest of the year and Cortland Sutton right behind him at wide receiver 17 so absolutely love those guys as locks and the guy that's in my top 5 overall not just position overall rest of season that is the sledgehammer himself, none other than Derrick Henry, who does it again. 150 total yards and a touchdown on 26 attempts, and then also gets three catches, 17 yards to the air. So, I mean, Deion Lewis, see you later. We haven't even, never knew you on the Titans, especially not this year. Henry has continued to let it roll, especially during the second half of the season. And there's a couple reasons for optimism here that it's going to just continue to be a steamroller. One, Ryan Tannehill's really sparked this offense, really helped it rise uh, to, to new heights right now. Marcus Mariota starts. Uh, Derrick Henry had 113 carries, 416 yards for 3.7, pretty weak, and four scores. Meanwhile, in the sixth game started by Tannehill, 119, so just a few more carries, but dominantly more, almost doubles up his yardage at 724 and seven scores in that span, uh, nearly doubles his touchdown totals as well. That is an insane pace. In fact, over his last 16 games, including Mariota's shitty-ass starts and his bad starts within him, Henry's now rushed for 1,715 yards, 18 rushing touchdowns, and also has posted 20 catches, 221 yards, and two TDs. That's nearly 2,000 total yards, 1,946, uh, along again with those 18 rushing touchdowns. He's the first in nearly every single category, uh, including the rushing yards, the rushing TDs, and second in total yardage over that span to only Christian McCaffrey, again, over his last 16 games. Been just a dominant steamroller. I wish somebody would have told you, he's going to 
oh wait, the Roto Street Journal was raving about this guy that he's going to pick up his pace. We have all the evidence to prove it, and we're so pumped because not all our predictions went all rosy this year. This one smash out of the park. You got yourself a season winner in round three if you took that leap on Henry, and it's only going to continue. He's best in December, best when defenses are cold, tired. In fact, the yards per carries 3.87 in September, October, 5.87 in November and 5.23 in December. He just rips it up and he's continuing to do so. He hasn't been under 159 total yards in three straight weeks. The guy is a beast. You got to love him moving forward. Um, and I see I got plenty of questions coming in for the playoffs, so I will make sure to get those after we cover Jack Doyle and then a couple receivers I got to make note of. He thrives, Jack Doyle. The beanstalk himself whips it out in between the legs and smashes it down on the Titans. Gets six catches, 73 yards, and a TD on 11 targets. Now, a bunch of those are season highs. Those 11 targets, the snaps especially important with Ebron's first game out. Gets 94% of the snaps, 68 season high there. The yards and catches also season highs. The guy was a beast in his first game back and probably sneaky, but also... Uh, as important, a lot of people, Mo Ali Cox season now, Eric Ebron's role up for grabs. Now, he plays like a season low 21% of the slap. No elevated role for Mo Ali Cox, which just gives Jack Doyle that complete locked in number one tight end role uh, up to tight end 10 in my season long big board. He's got Tampa Bay next week, should be a number six, uh, top six guy against the second worst defense to tight ends. Only Arizona giving up more points, and we know how bad that team is. Also gets New Orleans and Carolina. Middle-of-the-road matchups. Nothing overly intimidating or overly generous, but with that type of you know target total led the team and that type of snap total, you can expect Doyle to continue to thrive. And last but not least, a couple wide receivers, and we'll get to your comments. It looks like we got 20 or so right now. Fantastic. Keep them coming in. But in addition, Alshon Jeffrey uh, and Robert Woods, both two guys that entered the season as wide receiver twos and then have kind of disappeared, whether injury or surrounding talent issues or both. Neither one is having quite the season we expected, but man, could they get it together for an epic stretch run. Alshon Jeffrey in particular, 16 targets. Insanity. Hauls in nine of them for 137 and a TD in week 13. I get it was against the pathetic Dolphins. I get the Dolphins are even more banged up than usual. But man, it was a thing of beauty. And now he gets the Giants, who are giving up shockingly even more points to wide receivers. uh, Third most generous. As well as Washington 16th and Dallas 24th. So at least those next two, weeks 14 and 15, Alshon Jeffrey has to be locked in the lineups as a high-end wide receiver too moving forward. I I love this target share. I love the usage, even with Ertz on the field, too. So it wasn't like someone was removed. This guy immediately stepped right back into that number one role. I think he's a great bet for, you know, 70 to 100 against the Giants and another score. Now, Robert Woods, is he the new number one wide receiver for the the Rams? Up for debate after these last two weeks. Calls in 13 of 19 targets. 19! 172 yards. Goes just completely berserk in terms of the looks. Only him and Tyree Kill have actually hit that 19 target threshold before. Uh, So just a monster effort, ripping up ridiculous gains after the catch, zipping through the defense with his trademark acceleration. Such a smooth route runner too. Schedule, mm, not great down the stretch. Seattle, the 18th most points. Dallas, 24th. And San Fran, an intimidating matchup. The uh, second fewest points 
two wide receivers. But with that type of volume, with this type of play, you got to feel decent about Woods, even with Goff just being a complete and utter bag of shit. Let's get to your comments. Let's get to your questions. And anybody out there that's willing to give this a like, uh, give me the heart. I see a couple parts coming in there. Thank you for that. Uh, and of course, your comments always help, but also any shares. If you're willing to put it on your feed or any fantasy football groups you're in, it just helps us get discovered, helps us help more people heading into their fantasy playoffs, and it means the world to us. So greatly appreciated. I love the eggplant from Dave Mock. I'm guessing that means you've already got pinned with a bunch of lady boys over in Thailand. So I hope you're doing okay. I wonder if you're fully con- converted at this point. Let me know, Dave. Uh, I hope everything's going well over there for you. Sal and Tans, thanks for tuning in over from way across the shore. You guys picked the perfect time to get out of here. It's fucking a second snow day in the row. Uh, I'll take it, but still, absolutely horrible conditions here in the New England area. Seamus made the big dance. I love it. Let me know if you guys made it this week. Uh, and of course you made the big dance, Seamus. You're a Roto Street legend here. Uh, so pumped to hear it. Let me know if there's any way we can get your roster ready uh, for next week. Tunes, you're seventh. Oh, you need 60 points out of Carson and Hollister. I'm pissed to hear that, man, because you're defending that title. Sorry to hear it, my dude. But hey, maybe, maybe you get something heroic out of Carson and Hollister. I doubt it, but uh, damn, that fucking sucks. Should have came to Old Planners. It would have been good, good juju for you. Uh, 26 points needed from Purple Jesus. <laughs> Robert, loving that Purple Jesus. i love to know what you guys need coming in. Uh, get that two-seed first-round buy. It's crucial to get those as well, uh, so I'm all about it. Tans, Lockett, and Diggs going to get me a combined 13 points. Yeah, of course they are, dude. Uh, you don't need to throw up too many prayers for that. I am a little nervous. Lockett had the flu. It's because he's been running through the team, uh, but Diggs without Thielen is always a great bet to, to lead that team in targets. I think he's in a very good spot. I'm glad you like my hat, Dave. I appreciate the commentary. Uh, Denny Jennings, great to see you, my dude. I wouldn't have won this week without Parker. Hills, good win there. I'm glad we got you that that start right. At least I haven't gotten them all, but that was a good one to make sure we got into your lineup. Josh Allen, good to start versus the Ravens. Sal, it's a great question. I Do I dare label the guy matchup proof? A tough game against Dallas this week. Gets a rushing score, gets a passing score. He's just so good in so many facets of the game that... I think you can stream him, yeah. I will, I'd like to know, Sal, who else is out there, what options you might have at quarterback instead of Allen, because my guess is he's going to be like 15 or so in the QB rankings, probably going to have guys like Ryan Tannehill a bit above him, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're in a good shape. Thoughts, I'm up by 30, I have DK and Hollister, he's got Russ and Carson, will I get the win? I like your chances just because, Denny, I think Russ, uh, DK's in that great spot against their number two, Trey Waynes. He's just going to big body this guy all over the place. I think Hollister's always a good bet for the end zone. You just really got to avoid, like, Lockett going for 150-2, and two, which is always a, a, a risk. And Carson, you know, a tough tough guy to gauge coming into this week, right? Because Penny Carroll says he's going to be more involved. Schottenheimer says no. We're going with our usual rotation. I expect, you know, 18 carries or so for Carson Probably a score. I can see those guys between Carson and Russell combining for, let's say, 40, 45 on their best night. So that means you got to get 15 or so from DK and Hollister. I feel pretty good about your chances to get that, Denny. Uh, best of luck, though. I hope you the Wolfpack man. You get in there. It's meant to be for me to come on, in on this, guys. I picked up James White for Rojo, so all good, Wolf. Whew. Good. At least you got James White instead of Geis. <laughs> that, was, that was a tough one because he looks fucking good. Uh, it's good that you went with White. He absolutely feasted last night, so I guess that eases the blow. I know I messaged you, Giuseppe. As soon as I saw Geis ripping it off, I was like, oh, fuck, my main guy. 
James White last week, .09, and this week, 33 points. Seriously, what an absolute hero. Mateo, everyone had Beckham ranked over Parker. I bought the Beckham. Oh, no. Did I tell you, Mateo, didn't I say? Uh, I remember getting OBJ versus Parker, and I thought I went with, with Parker there. If I didn't, I apologize. I remember seeing that question, be like, fuck yeah, I got it right. I told him Parker. I, didn't I say he was my favorite option? I don't know. Maybe not. I, I apologize if I got it wrong for you, Mateo. Because uh, I know I got that one a couple times, and I said Parker to most, and I, if I didn't to you, I, it was inconsistent, and I apologize. Uh, but you're trying to choose between Cooper, Moore, Parker, John Brown, need three. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you cannot put Beckham in. What a fucking asshole. I get it's against Cincy, but nah. Uh, I got to lock in DJ Moore and Parker there, and then now it comes down to Cooper and John Brown. Cooper in that really tough spot on, on Chicago Thursday night. John Brown gets Baltimore, though, so neither in great spots. Man, I, I almost want to say Beckham over either of those two. I would probably side with the, the elite talent. That's Cooper there. Uh, that's a, a tough one. I did horrible again on DraftKings. Next one, next week, I'll let everyone know who I'm picking so you guys don't pick them. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. I don't want to lose uh, quite as bad as you. I, we ended up cashing out. And then our guy, uh, we're going to talk about some followers and rises. Speaking of Robert Woods and Alshon, our guy, Rich Zenos, uh, who we're going to be hopefully hiring full-time soon, won over 300K this weekend. Uh, we got to get his advice live on this show. Do I pick up Geis, asks Aaron. Yes, absolutely pick up Geis. Uh, Robert, I blew it and didn't grab Parker in time, stuck with Cooks. Oh, that's a heartbreaker, gut-wrencher. We've been raving about Parker since like week four or five, telling you it's not the fool's gold it used to be. Damn, I'm in looking for a buy. All right, good, Denny. I'm glad you've made it. You're just looking for a buy. I get a little greedy, but I like that. I respect that. Let's get to the followers, folks. I'm going to leave off there. Uh, Let's get this one going for followers. Speaking of shitheads, Kyler Murray. Oh, God. The entire Cardinals offense, that vaunted air raid. 163 yards, one interception, and a, a rushing TD to kind of salvage the day somewhat with 13 fantasy points. Oh, right when you get him heating up over 23 and three straight. Oh, he just goes and disappears on you. And the backfield suffers. Drake only getting 13 carries, 31 yards. Addition to 20 receiving yards on five targets, two catches. Ugh, that's just gross scoreless. David Johnson gets a little more meager work. Actually touches the ball. I guess that's nice for him to show up. Uh, but still, just uh, uh, the entire offense completely blue. Chase Edmonds doesn't get a touch. You can cut that fucking bag of shit. Kirk just kills your week with three catches, 23 yards. And you get uh, six of seven out of Larry Fitz for 56. Like, what is that garbage? Ugh. Oh, it looks like, am I, am I there for you guys? Up, oh, pop back up, good. It looked like it faded out for a sec, so hopefully you guys stuck with me there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it goes to show again how boomer bust this offense is. When it's hot, when Kyler's running well, everything is great. Everybody is eating. When he, Kyler suffers, then ugh, it, it gets hideous and the, all ships rise or fall with him. And he's been, unfortunately, a little bit matchup uh, you know, dependent here. He gets Pittsburgh this week. That's 26th against quarterbacks. Cleveland, the 12th, and Seattle, the 15th. So, like, those two games, 15 and 16, I could see him being back to his usual self. 
Uh, but Pittsburgh, man, this week's going to be tough to trust Kyler. Probably be in my QB 13-ish range. Uh, I'd rather even honestly have Tannehill, just more consistent, soft slate coming up. So that's a guy to look at if you're, you're nervous about Kyler Murray down the stretch here. Because I certainly am nervous about him, the Cardinals, and everyone that depends on him. I mean, the, to put it in perspective, fucking Larry Fitzgerald had six catches, 56 yards. That was the team high. Ugh, just hideous. And, and and speaking of the calendar, we gave you Kyler's. Running backs isn't much prettier. Pittsburgh, the 27th for running backs, 20th for Cleveland, and 22nd for Seattle. So the running backs have an even harder slate than the passing game. Uh, another guy that is just a, unusable at this point, uh, I'd say Kyler you can still use, but this guy, get him out of your fucking lineups. How disturbing. Tevin Coleman, five carries for six Yep, six yards. Thanks, Tevin Coleman. Really appreciate the nice effort. Nine nine receiving yards, too. Okay, great. You got up to, what, 15 on the day? You complete and utter bag of shit. I don't know if d you're tuned in. Feel free to just sound off. I'd love a hate you know, voicemail from you to get the wine line going because you had a chance to move him for Tyree Kill, and you didn't, and oh, that's just disgusting. Brito's not in, and fucking... Raheem Mostert goes off, 19 carries, 146 in a TD. What? Like, I, I get the Ravens matchup, and maybe that's why he doesn't succeed. But no, because you see somebody else get almost 150 yards, 100, over 150 total yards on his 21 touches. Where did this come from? Where did this happen? The shenanigans are back, folks. It's terrible. If anybody's been playing fantasy football long enough, you know Mike Shanahan, Kyle's dad, was a just, you soon you think you have some young or whatever the fuck, Travis Henry, you think you got a workhorse? Nope, abandons him and then just lets somebody else rip it up. And that's the, the most frustrating part is, doesn't really matter who's back there. The scheme, the blocking is so, the zone scheme, just insane how well executed it is under the Shanahan's. But you never know who the guy is getting the volume. And Tevin Coleman, the latest to be uh, the fall victim to the shenanigans. And it's like, okay, oh, do I rush and pick up Mostert and throw all my waiver one on him? Well, then Breed is going to be coming back. And now it's a three-headed nightmare. And who knows who's going to lead that charge? I'd say maybe Mostert is probably the favorite, too, because they've always been a hot hand type of, type of crowd, those Shanahan's. But, ugh, disgusting. Just disgusting. The tough schedule coming up, too. New Orleans, the 28th uh, points to running backs so are very low there. Atlanta right in the middle of the pack, 15th on the Rams, 17th. But I, I can't trust Coleman at this point. I, I don't know if I cut him, but if you need the, the handcuff space, then yeah, just a fucking bag of shit. That's all I really got to say about that. Speaking of re- bag of shit running backs, Ronald Jones. Complete and utter disgrace. Repeat after me, folks. I will never trust Ronald Jones in fantasy again. I will never trust Ronald Jones in fantasy again. I will never, ever ever trust Ronald Jones in fantasy again. Thank you for coming. Oh, six carries for eight yards. Not a single target. Point eight. Doing his best David Johnson impression, Ronald Jones. Thanks, man. Really appreciate that. Right in my, my shoe in to, to get into the playoffs or not. Peyton Barber, meanwhile, 17 carries, two touchdowns. Just a hideous fucking performance from him, but still gets two scores. Nothing on the ground for Ronald Jones in a plum seventh most points to running backs. Third worst DVOA against the run. Just a juicy matchup against the Jaguars and gets nothing for you. Thanks for coming, Ronald Jones. Now, looking at the schedule, Indy next week, 29th points. Uh, so very low uh, in terms of what they've allowed to running backs. Then he gets Detroit in, in, in two weeks, week 15. But could you ever go back to him? 
I don't know if I could at this point. If you somehow make it to Week 15 and you're relying on Ronald Jones, then you've really you know got some great fantasy karma. Send some my way. I greatly appreciate it. And Houston Week 16, you're not using him either. But God, awful Ronald Jones can suck a fat dick. Thank you. Mike Evans. Oh, man, just the nightmares continue. The lost sleep, everything about it. 11 targets look great. But not when you catch only four of them for 53 yards. Not when Jameis Winston sails a wide-open 48-yard touchdown over your uncovered head. Oh, God, it just continues. When can you trust him? When can you not? And it's one of those things where I'm not sitting here saying you're going to ever bench Mike Evans. He's still locked in your lineup. He's got great matchups coming forward for the stretch. New Orleans, Detroit, Houston. None of those teams top 15 against wide receivers. But you just, it's as Jameis Winston goes, and we all know Jameis Winston is arguably the diff, most difficult quarterback to lock down week to week in terms of what he's going to do. So, yeah, you have Evans in your lineup, unless you just got the most ridiculous wide receiver core of all time. But it's just one of those reminders of how inconsistent he can be. But one guy you don't have to keep locked in the lineups anymore, and maybe this week because he's got Miami, that's Jameis and Crowder. It's long past time to abandon your fantasy trust. In this motherfucker goes a nice two catches for eight yards on nine targets. Great volume. Pathetic output from them in a pathetic, even more just classic Jets loss to the Bengals of all fucking people. Oh, that's hideous. Oh, that's disgusting. And man, that one hurts if you're trying to get into the playoffs and you have him stuck in your lineup. Just disgusting, hideous. This is fresh off a two-catch 18-yard day. So, I mean, that's back-to-back horrendous outputs. And coming into that, he was the number one receiver in fantasy over that first five, you know, three, four, five uh, since the bye. But damn, he, he really has hit a plateau here. Robbie Anderson has kind of picked it up in his stead. And it sucks. It, it really sucks. Um, right now, he gets the Miami matchup this week. He dusted them earlier in the year. So I, he probably is going to be in some Week 14 lineups. But then against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, if you get through the to Weeks 15 and 16, I would never trust Crowder in a tough matchup after this embarrassing output. Last but not least on this one, and I, I got to eat some crow here, John Williams, I've recommended him very highly to a lot of owners. I apologize if you're tuned in right now. You want to slap me in the face, that's fine. Come on, find me. Uh, I'll, I'll take the blow or send in a voicemail, uh, the wine line, roastryjournal.com slash wine line. would love to hear some. We'll do a contest next year where the, the best wine of the week wins like 500 bucks or something like that. Uh, but damn, Jonathan Williams giving you a lot of reason to wine here. 14 yards on eight carries and also spanning a nice 11-yard catch a total of 25 yards for Mr. Williams. Thanks. A week after getting a, a dominant share, uh, 67% of the snaps, nearly all the backfield touches, over 22 touches, goes down to 22%, not even a third of what he had a few weeks ago. And you know, out-touched, out-snapped by both Jordan Wilkins, who has 44% of the snaps, Naeem Hines, who has 43% of the snaps, and whether it was injury, whether it was the fact that he was sucking to his 1.8 yards per carry, we don't really know. But this wasn't a tough matchup. Tennessee, nothing special. The 12th most points to running back, so pretty generous. And just completely disappears. So this is only on here to just tell you, cut the guy's fucking useless ass. You don't need Jonathan Williams on your team. You don't need to see that gross roster spot taken up anymore. Especially because, I'm going to get back to your questions and comments in one sec, but Marlon Mack. 
Positive news on that front, he's targeting a week 14 return. Now, the guy has not returned to practice since going out of week 11, so no guarantee the guy actually plays. But that's another feather in the cap of why you need to cut Jonathan Williams. And if Marlon Mack was actually out there for you, definitely go scoop him up immediately. The matchup is not going to be easy uh, this week or next week. Tampa Bay, one of the, the hardest funnel defenses, we call it. Uh, not a great spot. New Orleans, also a very difficult run defense, but easy pass defense. So we know how they're going to attack these teams. But Mac has been so lights out as a talent. That offensive line is so beastly that even in these tough matchups, you'd almost have to have Marlon Mack. And then he gets week 16, We just saw Darius Geis, as we talked about earlier, rip off 130 yards on just 10 carries. What do you think Marlon Mack's going to do to these guys in Week 16? So I get that's a long way away. I get that you know it's winner winner go home at this point. But Marlon Mack, at minimum, should be stashed on your bench if he's somehow out there in leagues. I would risk it all to go out and get him. Let's get to your questions, though, before we get to some of these other injuries to cover. Would have come to plans, but 200 for a yard clean. Yeah, I, I, I totally respect that, Tunes. I, I wouldn't turn that down either. I think I've made it, but would have been better had I put in James White. Yeah, but how could you, Pat, instead of Melvin Gordon? Like, Gordon's been a clear-cut workhorse. White's more that auxiliary piece. Like, I love the matchup coming in. The you know, Texans giving up the most receiving yards and receptions to running backs. It was a clear-cut smash spot for James White. But even still, Gordon just has shaken off that rust in almost every single week. I'm going to go Gordon over White, even despite the, the disparity here. Minshew, Fitzpatrick, and Allen are available. Whew. That's that's pretty ugly. I think you might just have to uh, ride with Josh Allen. I, I don't think you can go to Minshew, even though he's had some decent days. Yeah, you just got to ride out Josh Allen there, uh, Sal. Fitzpatrick, though, intriguing. We're going to talk about him in the waiver wire section. Uh, would you trust Ertz from here on out? Higby or Case Smith are my only choices left. I think you got to ride it out with Ertz. I mean, he leads the position in targets despite the decent, you know, those meh. Uh, it's just like, ugh, I don't know, Daniel. It's like, you got to just write out the volume. He leads the position in targets. He's still one of the best talents in the league. The schedule's nothing special, but nothing crazy. Like, if it's Higby or Case Smith as your choices, you just write out Ertz. You have to, Daniel. Uh, good question there. James Smith, are you going to make the, the $10 pick on DraftKings for tonight's game? I do. I did throw in a lineup by the captains. I know, you know, the featured one or whatever. I tried to load up on just as many pass catchers. I could see a shootout-style game. My captain is sneakily uh, Jacob Hollister tonight. Save some money. Two-touchdown day. Would not be shocked. And that way I could get Russell Wilson, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs all into my lineup. And I really like Ola B.C. Johnson as a cost cutter at 2600 uh, that, that was the way I saved and got all these people. And I'm not great at the captain stuff, though, James Smith. I do better with the others. Cam Geckle, what's up? Watching at work, just want to say hi. My dude, thanks so much for coming in. Good to see you, Geckle. 30, 40 points from Wilson, Lockett, and Cook. Oh, you're good, dude. Uh, Cook himself might get you 40 points. Like, Let's be real here. I think you're in really, really good shape, Cam. I don't want to jinx it for you. I'll knock on wood. Uh, but yeah, big fan of your spot. Drop Latavius Murray for Raheem Mostert. Feels like Murray's productivity is over unless Kamara gets hurt. I don't know, Robert. Like, I, I don't, I'm not opposed to dropping Lat Murray. I agree with you. You're not getting anything unless something happens to Kamara. Uh, but, you know, Mostert, I, I don't know that this guy is going to continue to be the horse. Yeah, Brita coming back now. It's a three-headed nightmare. Like, I don't think you'll ever be able to trust Mostert. I know some people really think you can. I'm not on the train of Mostert. I wasn't on the train of Ty Johnson. It's just 
to me, seems like waiver wire fool's gold. Let me know if there's some other guys out there you're considering, but I wouldn't necessarily drop them. I'd just rather have that upside, something happens to Kamara. Uh, unless you really need someone usable, then I guess Mostert, but there's going to be some other guys we'll talk about who I'd prefer over him. Uh, Murray or Tannehill for the playoffs? I'd, I'd keep them both, but I think I like Tannehill. Uh, you got that nice matchup against Cleveland coming up for Murray, so I'd use him over Tannehill in a good spot. But when you got Pittsburgh, you know, 27th most uh, points to the quarterbacks, very low, versus Tannehill gets Oakland, uh, ready to just smash those guys. I'm all over that. Bad call on Kyle over Watson. <laughs> Sorry about that one, Jimmy. Not a, not a good one. He has Wilson. I have Carson like my chances. I hope so, man. I didn't want to blow that one. It was tough with Watson, though. I mean, we've historically swallowed him, swallowed the Texans. And just swallowed any quarterback we faced. And of course, he goes out and catches a touchdown, throws for three, like 28 points, and Kyler just sucks a fat fucking dick. I'm sorry about that one, Jimmy. Ugh, did not did not want to get it so wrong for you, but I still like your chances tonight. Um, I, Carson's that, that big wild card. He's either going to have you know a nice usual 90 yards in TD or absolutely nothing. Let's get to the most uh, actionable stuff here. We'll run through these injuries real quick. We'll get to your... Uh, your waiver wire, but keep the comments, questions coming in, guys. Greatly appreciate any shares, likes, all that good stuff uh, that helps us get discovered. Means the world for these last couple weeks that we get to be together here. Uh, week week fourteen coming up. Oh, I can't believe it. Fantasy playoffs. I just can't even think straight when I start to get in the fucking hit my head about the fantasy playoffs. It's my favorite time of the year. So fucking excited. Oh, let's go. Let's go, Wolfpack. Get these titles. Uh, but let's get to the injuries again. And, and let me know again, what else do you need for tonight to get in? How can we help you if you're already in? Um, any, any way this is, uh, do it live so we can interact and, and then I can help you out. That's why we try to make them all live broadcast, folks. Marlon Mack, we already covered, so let's get to Kalen Balaj. He leaves Week 13 with a leg injury, carted out, ruled out for the second half, and it was non-contact, so quite frankly, it doesn't look good. I'm expecting him to be a season-ender here, mercifully putting out one of the worst running backs in the league we've ever seen. Oh, man. If you haven't seen the Kalen Balaj highlight tape, it's it's one of the funniest things to watch. Like He doesn't get over a yard any time. He, he averaged 2.3 yards per carry a couple weeks ago. And, and actually raised his yards per, per carry total. So this isn't meant to shit on some guy that just got injured. I, I apologize, Balaj and your family, who I'm sure is tuned in. But mercifully, we now have the, this backfield opened. It's not a great spot because the line is probably the worst in the league. Not probably, definitely the worst in the league. And they're not all that exciting of a, an overall offense. But they've been leading Fitzpatrick, the charge on scoring the last couple of weeks. Um, and ultimately, you know, Patrick Laird, 1% on the next man up. You have the Jets, the Giants, and Cincinnati as your next three opponents. Nothing intimidating about either of those defenses. So maybe Laird, 1% owned. He hauled in four catches for 43 yards uh, on five targets. So pass catcher gets the touchdown at the end. He seems to be the better bet for pure featured work. Of course, as soon as you trust him, they're going to go to, uh, you know, What's the fuck's his name? Uh, Gaskin, of course. But still, I, I really like Laird at 1% owned. If you're desperate, we're going to talk about him on the waiver wire. But good matchups coming up in Bellage's absence there. Uh, so that's some waiver wire uh, action, little sneak preview of a guy. Another big name, uh, but ultimately everything's going to be okay here. Um, Amari Cooper. Uh, 
completely clean MRI, was a full participant in practice today, no structural damage, and already listed as expected to play by his head coach, Jason Garrett, <laughs> for how much longer, who knows. Uh, but ultimately, Amari Cooper should be good to go. The question now is, do you play him in and Thursday night football against Chicago. Tough spot. Obviously a risk to just re-injure, re-nag. He's got all these different things uh, going on against him. Not not the best spot for him um, this week. Although we've seen some big games to elite wide receivers too here. Uh, so you got Kenny Galladay who on Thanksgiving, 158 in, in a TD. Michael Thomas had nine catches for 131. Stephon Diggs went seven for 108. So it's not like it's impossible for Cooper to get it done. That's why he'd probably still be in my lineup. Just too much upside. If it hits your bench, you want to just kill yourself because he goes for a, a million points there. Um, and last two here to cover, one fine, one not. Baker Mayfield Expected to be fine, according to Freddie Kitchens. Uh, said he should be good to go. The reason that matters so much is they're facing the Bengals. Fifth most points to quarterbacks. One of the most abysmal defenses out there. Uh, so you can definitely get Baker Mayfield back in the lineups this week if you, you need to stream him, if you need to pick him up. He's 76% owned, so probably not out there for you. But will probably be ranked as a top 12 option. Would rather have him than, say, you know Josh Allen even this week. Uh, so Freddie Kitchens, Baker Mayfield should be fine. But just on the monitor, just in case he's not. And last but not least, Daryl Williams. Not fine. Uh, already expected to be out, according to Andy Reid. He left with like a, they said it's hamstring, but I don't know what the hell it was. It looked like he kind of hyperextended something in his leg. He hit the turf. It got caught and like kind of bent in a couple ways. Uh, so he and he got knocked out. Only 13 yards, but also got a touchdown. So not completely useless. Could have had a bit much bigger day had he been able to stay in the game. Unfortunate there because he got rolling pretty early. But what this means uh, is much more actionable in terms of waiver wire. Darwin Thompson may finally, after long last, be unshackled, be unleashed. He gets 11 carries, 44 yards, and a TD in uh, Daryl Williams' absence. We don't know what Damian Williams' status yet with that rib injury. And they, they've already said they want to put um, him on ice LaShawn McCoy down the stretch so it could be just a featured Darwin Thompson stretch run here so that's just something to keep note of something to um to, to take a uh look at there Darwin Thompson like zero percent owned and I would be throwing all my way of Ryan Marnie if I needed a running back big time let's get to your last questions and pull up the waiver wires the stuff you really need to know who to pick up this week heading uh into your final one Carson just got hurt oh no that's horrible. I did not know that. I didn't even know the game started yet. I got, I'm sorry, I got the late start here with the, the weather. That is fucking horrible. Three runs in the game, Penny would have been a good pick. Yeah, he would have crushed it. At the, he was so cheap, James Smith. He's going to end up getting you know 25 carries. Yeah, that's going to be the, the weak winner for you on DraftKings is Rashad Penny. Oh, boy, that that is ugly. So Danny asking, Bears, Beats or Bears? <laughs> I'll go with the Bears there. Uh, or Titans D, rest of season? It's tough to do. It's it's week to week, Denny. Uh, it's it's good to have that long term outlook, but it's also something you gotta, you know, you gotta win this week. And this week, I think I haven't made my rankings. I know I'll probably see you there tomorrow uh, for Tuesday. I, I'm leaning just off the gut Bears. I get Dallas. It's probably a tougher matchup than the the Raiders, who've only scored 12 points over the last. Uh, two weeks here so the titans do make a little bit of sense but i i think i'm going bears damn that sucks for carson that's going to be my, my brother's season it's going to end right there 
three runs in the game, probably Penny would have given him a good pick. Derek Hale asking, thoughts on Philip Lindsay and Aaron Jones rest of the season? I keep playing them, and Henry over Montgomery, Singletary, and James White, and all three outscored Jones and Lindsay. I know, man. Aaron Jones is a bag of shit. But it gets Washington this week, so I expect... Uh, him to get right back in there. You'd expect him to do against the Giants as well, Derek. So I, I get it's mind-numbing. Um, Lindsey, too, gets an easy schedule, so it's tough. Like, oh, man. I, I guess we got to, you know, double-check those matchups because Montgomery and Singletary, those rookie backs, both putting up 16 uh, this week in great matchups. It's all going to come down to who they're playing each and every week. I believe Singletary is in a decent spot. They got the, the Ravens, it's eh. And Montgomery gets the Cowboys, so that's eh. James White against the Chiefs might be that play this week. I might go Jones, Lindsey, White. That's going to be, oh, we got Henry, so locking him in. So we'll see come tomorrow when we do the rankings. I think James White's going to be pretty damn high up there, though, especially if it's full PPR. Moreno, Eagles defense still viable even if the egg they laid this week? Shoo. I know, Robert. That sucked right against Miami. If you can't stop Miami, who the fuck are you stopping? I know that the matchup this week is still pretty damn juicy against the Giants. Lots of turnovers, so I'd probably still rip them. But that defense just blows. So, I mean, it depends who else you have out there, Robert. I dropped the Bills for Philly. Titans available. Uh, the Bills against the the Ravens, though. You're not going to go them. I might like the Titans the most out of this group. Uh, we'll, we'll have to check in on that tomorrow. But let's get to the, the, the wave where I'm going to hit and this week I changed it up a little bit on the menu, as you can see. I'm going to give you all the wide receivers I have on my list, all the running backs, the tight ends and quarterbacks, and then your D streamers. So it's going to be more position-based, but you can see some names up there in the list too. The first guy I would add at wide receiver, and probably overall this week if it's just a one-week stream type thing, that's Zach Paschal, 17% owned, but damn did he fucking dominate this week. Gets seven catches, 109 yards on 10 targets, all career highs uh, in, in terms of targets, receptions, and the yards, and was just dominating. And now gets Tampa Bay, the most points to wide receivers, not a single corner that can cover anybody. I, I really expect this to be a great spot for Pascal, whether or not Hilton plays. Of course, the upside's higher if he's that number one guy. He played 100% of the snaps, uh, and he's still, again, widely available, gets all the route tree too. He's very long and in quick agility. Not really good, great, you know, deep speed, long speed, but just can contort that body and it seems almost like a ballerina out there. The way he makes these contested catches and he's really got that trust of Brissett on these contested throws. So he's going to be that entire passing game. You got no Ebron, you got no Paris Campbell, you got no T.Y. Hilton. Now Chester Rogers is probably done for the year. It's going to be that Jack Doyle, Zach Pascal show. Everyone bought your tickets for that high ticket price, man. The Zach Pascal and fucking Jack Doyle show. But you get some Tampa Bay this week. New Orleans, fourth most points to wide receivers. And Carolina, 13th most points to wide receivers in particular vulnerable to number two. So if Hilton comes back, at least for that matchup, even better. Uh, so Pascal definitely startable down your stretch run here, in my opinion. But a guy I'd rather have than him, James Washington, 21% owned. And he's just been an absolute beast these last few weeks. Gets four catches on four targets, 111 yards and a score. But it's more so the way he's doing it, just beating defenders deep, beating them after the catch, uh, you know, making contested catches too. Whether or not Juju plays, and of course the upside's higher if Juju doesn't, it seems to me that Washington has locked down chemistry with both Rudolph and also Duck Hodgins, who's just chucking it for his guy and letting him make plays. That was probably the biggest... Uh, addition here is Duck actually trying to go deep. We hadn't seen Rudolph, who was just complete, absolute little bitch in the pocket, uh, just 
you know, completely folding every time. But Duck at least lets it sling a little bit, lets his wide receivers go downfield, uh, throw some blind trust down there, and hucks the rock up. And Washington was coming down with it and is now a, a decent wide receiver for, especially this week, getting Arizona the 11th most points to wide receivers. Tough spot in the middle there, week 15 against Buffalo. Uh, but then you get the Jets in week 16, 10th most points. So a high-priority wide receiver add if you're needy at the position. And last but not least at wide receiver, Anthony Miller catches nine of his 13, yes, 13 targets. Insanity that you'd get that much uh, for 140 yards. I am nervous about this guy. Though you got you're, Anybody attached to Trubisky has to make you nervous. The guy is just such a fucking fraud of a quarterback. And then you got a schedule that features Dallas 24th, Green Bay 25th, and Kansas City 29th against wide receivers. Granted, they're better against outside receivers than slot, which is where Anthony Miller lives and, and where Trubisky loves to target. But it's still it's questionable. I love the talent I'm seeing, though. He's beating defenders deep. He's making... You know, those trust throws, 35 yards and 32 yards and back-to-back plays to get them in the game-winning drive. For Mitch Trubisky, highly trusted in in tight situations, and he really came through. The talent's always been there, and now the usage finally seems to be coming through with it. Obviously, if Taylor Gabriel's out, that helps his stock in terms of usage. But at 14% owned, if you're desperate at wide receiver, that's a guy that could be a stretch run hero. We got a couple running backs we already talked about, and then a few more new ones to toss in. The first being Darwin Thompson, the first running back I'd look to add this week. 11 carries, 44 yards, and a score. And all of that coming in the second half after Darrell Williams suffered that injury. It became, you know, the first time we've ever seen some real usage for Darwin Thompson. And didn't do anything crazy. Didn't light the world on by, oh, fire. Like he did in the preseason, uh, where it, it was just an absolute monstrous performance. And insane explosiveness, all that. Like, we saw glimpses of it, though. That's what matters is he's breaking tackles. He was—he looks like he still belongs in the field and just needs to get the right usage. Granted, he's stepping into a horrible spot. New England, the lowest point of points to running backs. Denver, 21st. Chicago, 13th. So his last two weeks may be usable. Uh, but I can't expect much from him in his first uh, featured workload against New England. But, but again, this guy is talented in New England. If they've gotten beaten anywhere, it's through the you know up the gut from running backs until you know Deshaun Jack uh, uh, Deshaun Watson just lit us up. But Darwin Thompson, the priority add there, despite the tough calendar, just anyone in that Chiefs offense could go off at any given point. So I really like him. Um, you also have Benny Snell who is continuing to be that featured back in James Conner's absence. 16 carries for 63 yards and the touchdown. Doesn't get any, not, not the true featured back because he's not getting the third down work despite being a capable receiver. Doesn't get the start Jalen Samuels does. But it is the Snell show on the ground, and when the game flow favors them, uh, he is definitely going to be a viable weekly option. And just if Connor's out again, you get Arizona. We just saw Gurley rack up 18 carries, 95 and a score. I could see Snell putting up a, a somewhat similar, you know, another 70 yards, another TD. The upside's not incredible, but definitely usable uh, despite the lack of receiving work and, and despite uh, having that true every down role. If he's the starter, you're going to expect another 15 carries against that defense. That could go a very long way. Buffalo and the Jets also on the docket. Buffalo surprise on the 10th most points. Two running backs. So Snell could have some stretch run value for you. I also like Patrick Laird, as we mentioned, uh, with Kalen Balage going down. That was 10 carries for five yards. Just a, a hideous output, just like Kalen Balage again. But that, nobody's opening holes. Nobody's giving him any space to roam. 
That being said, he is a great receiving threat. Four catches on five targets, 45 yards. It's that schedule. New York Jets, Giants, and Cincinnati, all easy defenses here. So Patrick Laird at 1% owned could somehow work his way into your lineups. Uh, decent bet to score as the, the clear goal line back as well. And last but not least, we, we talk about Ronald Jones going down. Well, that's because Peyton Barber dominates the backfield work. 17 carries for a puke-worthy 44 yards. A great, what, two yards per clip. Hideous as always, but the two touchdowns dominating at the stripe again. Um, where we expected it to be the Jones show down the stretch it is not at all. You Indy this week, so you're not using Barber there, but against Detroit, I'd... Would not be surprised at all. The most points to running backs to see Peyton Barber find the end zone at least once, if not another two-touchdown effort like this one. So at 21% owned, could you ever put your championship hopes on Barber? I hope not. But especially in Week 15 against Detroit, that might be a viable flex that you just swallow back the puke and, and go for it. In terms of tight ends, we've heard a couple tight end woes in the comments already tonight. I think Tyler Higby could be the real deal as long as Gerald Everett is out because the matchups continue to be juicy. Now, it's not the blueprint, the the complete and utter smash spot of the Cardinals as we saw him dominate this week. Seven catches on eight targets, 107 yards, and a score. More dominant than maybe any of us could have ever expected, but nobody's are are mattering. It really has not mattered who the tight end is. You're getting dominated, including Tyler Higby. Case in point, the guy's done nothing all year, all career, and has a 100-yard day in a TD against this team. So whoever's facing Arizona is your number one tight end of the week. But he also gets uh, Higby. Seattle, who's given up the fifth most points to tight end. Dallas, who's given up the seventh most points. And then a tough matchup against San Fran. You're not still using Higby at that point. I imagine Everett's going to be back. And if Everett's back this week, all this is for nothing. But if you get another week without Everett, and this is the clear-cut focal point at tight end, I think you can expect another top 12 week from Tyler Higby. And if not, Jaseki, could you ever trust the guy? I don't know about that, but he does have five catches for on uh, seven targets, 79 yards and a score, and just missed another one. Uh, but he oh, just barely didn't catch it. it. But we saw Fitzpatrick, just as he does with Parker, the contested throws, let his big bodies go up and make plays. He's always been known for that since his Buccaneers day, Ryan Fitzpatrick has. And this is becoming the, the number two option now with Preston Williams out. It's been the Parker show and then Mike Jacecki, who hasn't done anything huge until this game, but still not a horrible option. Now, he's kind of like an interesting schedule here because he's got the Jets and Giants, which if I told you that, you'd be like, all right, licking the lips, let's get him in the lineup. Jets are actually giving up the 30th most points to tight ends and the Giants are 29th, so they've been horrible defenses overall, but somehow stymieing tight ends. And Cincinnati, 15th, middle of the road. It seems like an easy calendar, but it might just be a trap. I'd have a hard time really trusting him. But if you're desperate at the position, and and a lot of us are, maybe that's your streamer. And speaking of streamers, maybe the guy throwing him the ball, Fitzmagic, 10% owned, could potentially be that option for you. Comes Coming off of 25 and 26-point fantasy days in his last two, this last one being 365 yards, three TDs, and just one interception. But overall... Looked fantastic. I get it granted, very much helped out by Parker because some of those throws were erratic and this guy was going all over the place making the catches for him. Still, though, that, that was plenty of volume, uh, 39 pass attempts, plenty of yardage and some scores. I uh, could never really truly put my fantasy hopes in Fitzpatrick, but if you're desperate at QB, Jets 16th most points, Giants 10th, and then Cincy 6th. The schedule is there. At least if you want to block your opponent who might be QB needy or something of that nature, 
Wouldn't be shocked to see the Fitzmagic catch for a decent little stretch run here. So if you're desperate at quarterback, that's the guy. But first, I would turn to Ryan Tannehill. Not a great week, only 13 points this week, but that was the first time in all of his starts that he's been under 19. In fact, until this week, he had outscored everyone not named Lamar Jackson. So he's getting it done with his legs. He's getting it done with the arm. They didn't really need him this week in this clock control style game. But the way Derrick Henry's rolling, this team's always going to be in the red zone. The offense is putting up their points. I think they can continue to get it done, especially with the playoff schedule. Oakland, 7th most points. Houston, ninth, And New Orleans, 8th. To quarterbacks, all top 10 matchups for Ryan Tannehill here down the stretch. Definitely a good streaming quarterback if you need him. And in terms of Week 14 defensive streams, now if you got a bye week and you want some Week 15 guys, let me know and I can pull up the matchup calendar. But some guys I'm looking at this week, the Packers, if they're not gone already because they were facing the Giants, a good turnover day last week, and now they get Dwayne Haskins as heavy home favorites. That's going to be the, your number one waiver wire pickup. I would throw some good bills on to get them. You got Carolina at Atlanta, who gave up a million sacks, I want to say, against the Saints. So Carolina, you know, very boom or bust on defense, but maybe they could uh, give you, again, horrible run defense too, but Atlanta can't run it. Maybe matches up decently with them. I don't love it, but they have some upside as a defense. I really do like Indianapolis this week. They'll probably be top 10 for me. Facing Tampa Bay, who just, even against Jacksonville, who didn't do a whole lot, Still got two, three turnovers. That's just Jameis Winston. It's what he always does. Uh, so I like them quite a bit. Um, anytime you're facing Jameis Winston, you know you're going to get a couple turnovers. You know you're going to get a couple sacks. Um, and if they go for touchdowns, then you're paid off big. And we've seen a couple people ask about the Titans. They just had three turnovers, three sacks this last week. And that's against a good Colts pass protection. Now you get the Raiders' leaky line, a team that's only scored 12 points in their last uh, two games. I don't hate Tennessee in this game. If you need to stay alive, they'll also probably be a top 10 option for me. It looks like we got a couple more here. Pascal, fingers crossed, gives me three. Oh, middle finger, not fingers crossed. I drop him, he puts up 17. One of those big fucking ass wipes. I hate those guys, Robert. That was Corey Davis for me last year. Just a complete piece of shit. I'm dropping Brandon Cooks for Washington. Done with Cooks. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, of course, when you drop him, he's going to have 150 in a TD, but you can't put him in your lineups at this point, so you might as well get someone that's getting it done. Derek Hale, last question of the night. Mostert's on my waiver wire. Should he be my priority? The committee makes me nervous. Hope the the will wise up and feature him. I, I don't have hope they're going to feature him, to be honest. You got Coleman still there. Breed is likely to come back. He almost played this week, and if he had, who knows if Mostert would have ever gone off. Most of the great and you know good fit for the zone blocking scheme, good acceleration, nice vision, but it's the Shenanigans. Like they're always going to as soon as you think you have a, a pulse on the backfield, they're going to hand it off to somebody else. You know, next week Coleman's going to have four touchdowns. Raise everyone sits him down, and it's a tough schedule down the stretch here. So a potential three, even four headed committee when Wilson gets involved. No thanks. I'm not going to go and blow all my waiver wire money on him, Derek. Uh, I'd be looking at some of these other running backs I mentioned. If you need wide receiver help, like those guys all come first to me. Let somebody else deal with that headache. It's not not for me. Granted, if he takes over as a featured back, he'd be a stretch run hero. So I guess if you have nothing else other than stashing, then, then go for it. See if he does it another week. But I, I really don't think I can trust that backfield with the shenanigans. The fact that he was a featured back this week just tells you how difficult that is to trust. Folks, Thank you so much. We only had two more Monday market checks 
fantasy football recaps with your risers, fallers, waiver wires, and injuries left on the year. I cannot believe I'm saying that. It comes and goes so fast like a mistress in the night. It's unfortunate, but it's almost over. It's beautiful. It's awful. It's fantasy football, baby. And I, of course, am the wolf of Roto Street at Roto Street Wolf. Thanks so much for tuning in live on Facebook right around 7. Snow delays today. I apologize for that. Uh, but if you're listening on the Fantasy Fullback Dive where we paved your path to titles, come on down and join us too. We'll be live tomorrow, December, uh, uh, Tuesday, December 4th for our Week 14 Playoff Rankings live show. I hope to see you guys all there. And best of luck on whatever you need for Monday Night Football and, and Week 14. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.